What's up, Embassy City family? I love you so much. I'm so grateful that you decided to be with us this day. And uh, I just want to get straight into the word. Is that all right? If it's hi, I love you from wherever you are. We're going straight into the word of God. I'm so grateful that you are making us a part of how you are growing spiritually with God so that you can ultimately upset the world. So uh, we are in a series called Master Reset, and this is the last uh, message in that series. This is number seven, and uh, I'm so excited about the opportunity uh, that I have to talk to you uh, about my friend, uh, the Holy Spirit. And so we've been talking about uh, these last three weeks, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so uh, with God the Father, we realize that the only difference is him. Last week, we talked about God the Son, and we realized that we need to reset our foundations on the word of God. We want to be solid, not sandy. And uh, here's how we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to wrap this thing up with my friend, my lawyer, <laughs> my confidant, my comforter, the Holy Spirit. So uh, I want you to turn to Romans chapter number eight. I'm going to read uh, uh, verses 11 through 14. 11 is actually my life verse. I mean, anybody, anytime somebody asks me, hey, what's your favorite verse in the Bible? Uh, Romans chapter number eight, verse number 11 is my favorite verse uh, in the entire Bible. So I want to read you uh, these verses and then we'll pray. And I want to jump right into uh, the points that I have in this message because I feel like there's a lot to unpack uh, when we talk about uh, the Holy Spirit. So uh, Romans chapter number eight, verses 11 through 14. Here is what it says. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. That is so good. That is so good. If you're taking notes, on this message, uh, uh, the title of this message is four words by this same spirit. That's what I want to talk to you about by this same spirit. Bow your heads, let's pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, we need more of you. Amen. Uh, I am so excited to be talking about my friend. Anytime I uh, talk about the Holy Spirit, I refer to him as my friend because he is my friend. Listen, he is the one that told me uh, that I was uh, out of uh, fellowship and relationship with God on January 14th of 1996. 
He is the one that led me to Jesus and I accepted Christ uh, as my savior. There was no sermon. There was no altar call. I was in the back of the church, minding my own business. And the Holy Spirit was kind enough to bring me to Jesus. I've been in this relationship with him now, with him living on the inside of me for 24, almost 25 years. And all I can tell you is that it gets better and better every single year of this partnership that I have with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing I can do without him. And there is something about talking about him that excites me because I grew up in a culture and I grew up in uh, an atmosphere where uh, uh, the Holy Spirit was um, uh, misrepresented a lot. And I say that because a lot of things that people were calling the Holy Spirit wasn't really the Holy Spirit. It was just people's reaction to the Holy Spirit. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. I could give uh, you $100 and you could start crying. And I could give you $100 and you might just say, thank you. And I could give you $100 and you might do a fist pump like, yes. <laughs> the reactions are not the $100. The $100 is the $100. The reactions to the $100 is just how you feel about it. But a lot of people have called the reaction the $100 bill. And people have done this with the Holy Spirit a lot. Their reaction to the Holy Spirit is what they actually call the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. People's reaction to the Holy Spirit is widely different. But the Holy Spirit is just a person. He shows up. He comes in you. And some people go, <laughs> That's not the Holy Spirit. That's your reaction to it. Some people go, thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's your reaction to the Holy Spirit. And some people go. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's your reaction to the Holy Spirit. So, so I need to demystify my friend. Because if I don't demystify my friend up front, you might think that I'm looking for uh, emotion. When I'm really looking for you to just have my friend in your life. Let me tell you how important he is. He's so important that Jesus said, when I leave, don't do nothing till he comes. <laughs> just stay in the house. <laughs> Promise you, dude. You won't do nothing <laughs> remotely close to what I've asked you to do until he gets here. So wait for him to come. And when he came, he gave ordinary men and women the ability to do extraordinary things because he was on the inside. of them. And here's what I want you to understand about Embassy City Church. We house, I talked about this uh, two weeks ago, we house the presence of God. That's the only thing that makes us different from the Elks Lodge. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes us different from the YMCA, from the Rotary Club, is that when people come in here, they experience the manifest presence of God. 
Last week, what did I talk about? I talked about God's word. We stand and we build on the word of God. So what am I telling you this week as I conclude this series on Master Reset? You need to be reset back to the Holy Spirit. Because this is a spirit led church. This is not a church led by me. This is a church led by the Holy Spirit. And whatever he tells us to do, we do. This is why we're not coming back to January. A lot of my friends came back to church already. They've been having church. Some of them is having church as early as May and June. We have faith. We already back. And I'm like, I, I'm not saying you don't have faith. All I'm saying is this is daddy's house. And I want to know when he wants us to come back to his house. Because I don't want to come back in here without him. Just to say we back together. He said January 3rd. It's January 3rd. If he said March, it would be March. But this is a spirit led church. We're always constantly asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do next? So as we master reset back to the Holy Spirit, there's four points that I want you to have. And I put all of these in first person because, again, this is my friend. I love him very much. And so I put these in first person for myself. I want him to and put it in first person for you as well. Y'all ready? Point number one, please write this down. The spirit of God lives in me. The spirit of God lives in me. The spirit of God lives in me. Here's what it says in Romans 8 and 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Put that in first person. He lives in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, let me slow down, just as God took his spirit and raised a dead body back to life, he will give life to your already living body by the same spirit living within you. Let me break it down. Here's what God's saying. If I can get a dead body up with this spirit, I can get you. You light work. You real light work. If I can bring my spirit into a lifeless body and bring it back to life, then I think I can do something with you. You still here. You alive already. I think my spirit in you, I can get something out of there that will give me glory because the spirit of God is living on the inside of me and you, or you and I, or however it's supposed to go. All the English grammarians can correct me. This verse changed my life, y'all. I gave my life to Christ. And the day I gave my life to Christ, I was a born again porn addict. A lot of people, you know, they give their life to Jesus and the testimony is super quick. Right. I looked at my hands and they look new. I looked at my feet and they did, too. I got joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Who? Down in my heart. Right? My transformation wasn't that quick. 
I gave my life to Christ January 14th of 1996. I was born again. And I was born again, and I still had habits. I still had an addiction. I still had low self-esteem. And I wanted to do right by the word I was now building my foundation on. But I had some strong impulses, and my body was trained to respond to certain circumstances and stresses a certain way. I had PTSD from my from from my, my, my past experiences as a child being abused. So there was a lot going on in this body when the Holy Spirit came in. And here's what I loved about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was so kind. He was like, I'm here. We're going to clean this up. Ooh, it's a lot going on in here. Wow, Tim, you have, whoa. You've done a lot in this body in 20 years. You have... Wow, cousin, you're off the chain. Wow. Let me walk down this hallway. Oh, God. Oh, oh my goodness. This, whoo, how long that been in there? And you, oh, you got some secrets behind this wall over here. That's, is that a trap door? What you got? Oh, there's a lot in there. Don't worry about it, though. No need to, no need to stress. Hey, buddy, want you to understand, I got a dead body up. So it's fine. I can handle this, but, but I got addictions. <laughs> we'll be all right. I promise you, we'll be all right. Uh, but, 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 I, but, but I got generational curses. Don't listen. Yada, yada, yada. Generational curse. Me, me, me. Whatever. Whatever it is, I got the power to get you out of it. The same, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now in you, Tim. And just as God raised up Christ Jesus from the dead, that same spirit and that same power can do that to your mortal living body. So don't sweat this. I got you. And, and, and I'm not just going to like zap it away. We're going to clean this thing down to the root so that it doesn't spring up again. I'll never forget. Uh, I was reading through the Bible and, and you know, whew, any type of addiction is bad. Um, uh, uh, and I, I was I was I was still in the throes of, you know, I was repenting like every 72 hours. Let's just be real. OK, I was like, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Three days later, he's back. I mean, I was having resurrection stories, but just the other way around. They were not cool. OK. And so I'm like asking God's forgiveness all the time. And then one day I was really down on myself and I'm like, I'll never get over this addiction. And I'm the only one in, 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 in the church that can't live right because everybody else was giving those edited testimonies. You know, those edited testimonies. It's just a before and after picture. It's your picture before you went on Biggest Loser and your picture after the end of Biggest Loser, but not the middle. So we don't see you on the treadmill and we don't see you sweating and fainting and being mad, you got to eat asparagus instead of French fries. Like, I mean, you don't see none of that stuff. The church was like so, the church was sanitizing their testimonies in the way the Bible never has. So I didn't know how to act. I was over here like, I mean, I mean, so-and-so is just saved. I mean, they ain't never had, they've never done good. They gave their life to Christ when they were seven, and that's been it. I'm over here struggling. And one day I was thinking to myself, I'm never going to get over this addiction. I'm never going to get over my past. I'm never going to get over this issue. And I read that verse. Romans 8 and 11. 
the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. And I thought to myself, if that's the case, because I'm a literalist. Well, if that's the case, then he got to be able to do something with porn. I mean, you got a dead body up. Porn can't be no big deal to you. You got a dead body up. Generational curse can't be, doesn't matter what it is. Can't be a big deal to you. And I started, again, I had something else to build my, I had another word to stand on. I wish you would come over here now. The temptation starts coming. And, and, I, and I, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. Because you realize once you get them on the inside of you, things change. The wonderful thing about getting the, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is you start getting convicted about stuff you never had convictions for. That's one of the ways you know he's on the inside of you because you know you didn't used to feel bad about the way you was living. And now you do the same stuff and you be like, <laughs> you know why? Because he in there like this. We are not going over there. No, you didn't just make a left. You know who over here. Why are you over here? Why are you over here? Turn around. And you don't do nothing, he said. So he stops talking when you go inside. But he doesn't leave you. And then you come out. And you're like, I'm so sorry I went in there. And he's like, I know. Get in the car. Let's go. We have work to do. Which brings me to point number two. Please write this down. I am no longer obligated. This is going to free somebody. Somebody going to get free off this point right here. I am no longer obligated. The Spirit of God lives in me, so I am no longer obligated. Here's what it says in verse number 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation. You have absolutely no obligation to do what your sinful nurture urges you to do. Listen, somebody going to get free off this one. I'm telling you right now, this was a game changer for me. The spirit of the Lord is on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit is living on the inside of me. And as a result, I am no longer obligated to do what my sinful nature urges me to do. Now, let me give you the implications of this verse. The implications of this verse are your sinful nurture is going to urge you to do some stuff. The urge ain't the problem. What's always been the problem is the obligation. When you were in a sinful state, your sinful nature urged you to do stuff and you went with it. But now in this redeemed state, the sinful nature still urges. See, many people think if they have an urge, they must be weak. If they have an urge, it must be the same as actually sinning. Let's just let's just let's just let's just slow down real quick. How many people in here get hungry? If that's not 100 percent of people, 
then I'm going to ask, how are you still alive, right? Maybe I should ask you this way. How many people have ever been hungry in your life? You've like, I need something to eat. How many people in here get hangry? You're like, you wouldn't like me when I have not had something to eat. Okay. All hunger is telling you is that you need something to eat. There's nothing wrong with the hunger. What you feed your body could either be healthy, not as healthy, downright disgusting. But what you feed yourself is important. The hunger is just telling you you have an appetite there. Well, in our sinful state, there were a lot of appetites that were opened up or that could be potentially opened up. And before you gave your life to Christ, you were down to feed whatever the appetite was. So if it was a natural appetite, if it was an emotional appetite, if it was a sexual appetite, if it was a relational appetite, whatever it was, you were just down for whatever. Because I just want to feel my belly. I just want to be filled with something. Now, what is Paul saying? Hey, you're going to still, your, 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 your sinful nature is still going to be growling. You're no longer obligated to feed it what you used to feed it. Listen, this thing wiped me out. I read that right there. I was like, what? And here was the thing that was blowing my mind. I had been in church at that time at least, gosh, maybe somewhere between seven and nine years. And I thought to myself, how come nobody ever said this? You keep on having these altar calls for deliverance from these appetites, but you won't give us a word to stand on, nor a counseling session to go to, (laughs) to get to the bottom of why I'm having this urge in the first place. So I I started thinking to myself, wait a minute. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you are no longer obligated to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Y'all know I see everything in my head, so let me just give you what was in my head. In my head, I saw my addictions and my generational curses coming to the door like this. And before I got saved, I was running to the door. Ah, come in! Oh, so good to see you. (laughs) You sit over there and ooh, ooh. And you sit over there, I didn't even know you was coming. <laughs> Get on in here. So good to see y'all. Y'all are amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they stay for a while. Then they leave. I didn't even feel guilty. Had no conviction. Just so glad they were So glad they came over. Then Holy Spirit moved in. Same urges came to the door. And I got ready to get up and go to the door. And the Holy Spirit was like, let me get that. And I was like, I'm, I'm, but I'm used to here. Let me, let me get the door. Because if you get the door, you have too much of a familiar connection with them. You, you're too familiar with those spirits to answer that door. 
Because you might think you're strong enough to say, hey, man, I can't play with you no more. Can you at least come out on the porch? Then you be looking, baby. Well, I think I can probably come out here. He said, let me get that door. Why is he offering to get the door? Because I'm no longer obligated to answer it. So then the Holy Spirit comes to the door. Holy Spirit. Open the door. Hey. Them generation curse is like, oh, dang. When did you move here? I've been here since 96. 96? Tim was answering the door long after 96. I know. I know. But we finally sorted that out. And he don't answer the door no more. I answer the door. Well, does he want to, does he want to, does he want to see us? Actually, yeah, he does. He still desires to see you. I don't. And since my king paid for the deed to this property, you are no longer welcome. You're actually trespassing. This is your first and last warning to vacate the premises. I'm sitting down on the couch. Did they ask about me? <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they asked about you. They asked about you. They asked about you. Did you tell them I was here? Yeah, yeah I told them you was here. Just tell them that you don't own the rights to this property anymore. Your sinful nature has been crucified with Christ. On his cross. You're no longer obligated to do what you used to do. You're no longer obligated to think what you used to think. You're no longer obligated to respond to those urges. I didn't say that they weren't going to knock. I'm just saying you ain't got to respond. Treat them like you do your house on Halloween when you ain't got no candy. You flick all them lights off and you be in the back of the house. In the cut, somebody knock on the door, you. <laughs> and it don't matter how long they stand there knocking, you not going to the door. Why? You don't have nothing for them. You are no longer obligated. You get the Holy Spirit on the inside of your life. You are no longer obligated to answer those doors. The urge ain't the problem. Who's answering the door is. <laughs> ah, I feel this. Okay. Uh, point number three. Point number three. Y'all get anything out of this? Yeah. This is good to my whole soul. 
Point number three, I'm so passionate about this point. I didn't think I was going to be any, any more passionate about any of the points in verse 11 because that was the verse that changed my life. But this point right here, though, this one right here, though. <laughs> point number three, please write this down. I need to use his power on myself. I'm going to say that again. I need to use his power on myself. <laughs> ah! I'm so turned up right now. Because I'm telling you, this is a reset, y'all. I'm trying to, I'm, if I, I'm trying to, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm trying to break the back of the spirit of religion. I'm trying to snap it in half. Like, I want to hear it, like, shatter in a million pieces because that, that spirit of religion has kept people in bondage to doing things that doesn't change them from the inside out. For all them sound bites, there hasn't been that much change. So I'm trying to break the back of that thing because it don't work. Okay. I need to use his power on, on myself. Here's what it says in verse number 13. For if you live by its dictates, that of your sinful nature, you will die. But if, get this, through the power of the spirit, not your own willpower, his power, not your power, his power. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death, the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. How do you put the deeds of your sinful nature to death? Through the power of the spirit. Now, this may ruffle some feathers. You have been warned. My disclaimer is what I'm about to say may upset the religious sensitivities of some people that have been in church a long time. <sighs> Consider yourself upset in advance. I am so tired of church people using the Holy Spirit for everything else except their own behavior. Slanging the Holy Spirit out on everything else except how they act, how they live, how they speak. How they walk, how they talk. You got all this power to pray for an election, but you ain't got no power to pray to be nice. You got all this power to pray and cast out demons, but you have no power to go home to your own wife. You have all this power to pray for all of this stuff, but you have no way to turn that internally on you. You got a prophetic word for everybody else in the, in the Holy Spirit's name. You ain't got a prophetic word for your own life. The Holy Spirit is speaking to, to you about everybody else. You got a word of knowledge for everybody else, but you ain't got a word to shut up. You don't have a word to sit down. You don't have a word to act right. You don't have a word to be nice. It's the spirit of religion. And I'm absolutely sick of it. 
I am absolutely sick of the misrepresentation of the Holy Spirit that comes through a person to everybody else except them. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Grateful that the word the Lord gave you a word about everybody else. When's the last time he gave you a word about you? I have a word for you. I just I just believe God is saying. When's the last time you woke up in the Holy Spirit? Said, I have a word for you. Stop lying. You lie too much. I don't be lying. You embellish. You, you don't think you're lying. You embellish. <laughs> you don't be doing that much. Just stop. Okay, you started a business. You only have eight customers. Stop yourself. <laughs> stop embellishing. Just stop. I'm just trying to. Ah! It's driving me crazy. If the Holy Spirit works through you on everybody else except you, that's not the Holy Spirit. It's a familiar spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. That's not big S. It's not capital S. That's small. That's little S. That's Sandy S. You feel me? Why am I saying this? Because, yes, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts that helps the body. But the Holy Spirit has never come into your body to help his body at the expense of your body. The Holy Spirit has never come into your body to help the body at the expense of your own body. And you got all of this time, talent, and treasure to give everybody else in the kingdom except you. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's a familiar spirit. So use the power on you. I'm telling you, I don't know this by theory. This is practical. Holy Spirit, I want to be free. Holy Spirit's like, go to counseling. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I want a breakthrough. He's like, yes, in therapy, get it. Holy Spirit, I want to be closer to God. Great, turn off the secular music. Well, I got to have a bop when I get up in the morning and... You know, I'll play my worship. Yeah, but but by the time you get to the worship music in the evening, you'll bop all day. It's compromise your whole testimony. Because you got too much in here that don't sound like up here. How? How can we miss this? That power is in us. And, and when we stop there. Woo! For everybody else except you. Power! For the whole church except you. All of this. Oh! For everybody else except you? How? How? Point four. 
<laughs> Point number four, write this down. I need to be led by the Spirit. It's that simple. The power of God is in me, therefore I'm no longer obligated. I need to use that power on myself. I need to be led by the Holy Spirit. I need to live a life led by the Holy Spirit. I need to live a life led by the Holy Spirit. I need to live a life led by the Holy Spirit. I need to live a life led by the Holy Spirit. I need to live a life led by the Holy Spirit. I need to live a life led by. Keep it going. I. Louder. One more time now. Yo, this is this is real. I'm not getting up a day without the sensitivity for the Holy Spirit to tell me how he wants me to do this day. Here's what it says in Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Can't listen. I'm a child of God. Are you led by him? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me. You're a child of God? There's two things that, two major things God says of, of how you would be known as a ch- child of God. Here's how you know you're, you're my children, when you have love one for another. That, that's one. One of the main ways you know that you are a child of God, you have love one for another. Another way you know that you are a child of God, you are led by his spirit. That girl follow me everywhere I go. I lead her that way, she go that way. That dude follows me everywhere I go. I lead this way, he goes that way. What is, what, what, what's happening? You're being led by the Holy Spirit. You're leading a spirit-led life. And a spirit-led life is not the behavior you associate with it. Ooh. Oh. Oh, God told me to go this. Oh, I felt God say make a left. Oh, God told me to put on my coat. I'm not talking about that. He's really practical. Remember, your emotions are not him. (laughs) Your behavior is not him. Now, some people allow that. I I love the Holy Spirit, right? So, so, So when I feel his presence and he's leading me to do something, I'm like, oh! Uh, do you know it was years uh, before I realized that when I preach, I say, thank you, Holy Spirit. People had to, it, it, it was years ago, somebody came up to me after church and they was like, I just love the way you acknowledge the Holy Spirit in your messages. And I was like, what? <laughs> How about what? They were like, yeah, because you say, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm so used to talking to him. I don't even know I'm doing it. I'm not trying to t- let everybody know oh, I, I, I'm hearing from the Lord right now. I just know when I hear him to thank him because I know it's not me. 
Somebody once asked me, hey, um, you know, when you preach, you, you know, sometimes you say, thank you, Holy Spirit, and it's kind of, it's just, it's just kind of weird. I mean, why even do it? I mean, if you were in a counseling session talking to a married couple, would you do that? And I said, I do do that. <laughs> it wasn't a matter of would you. If I'm in the counseling session, I'm talking to the married couple, and then I'm, as I'm talking, the Holy Spirit says something to me. I'm like, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Hey, let me say this. This is just my reaction to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't need to be everybody's reaction. But my reaction is not the Holy Spirit. It's just my reaction to him. I'm, I'm led by his spirit. And you may be led by his spirit and cry. You may be led by his spirit and say thank you. You may be led by his spirit and have a whole bunch of gyrations. Just don't confuse that with him. Right? Somebody run across the front of the church. The Holy Spirit's here. I've been in every church service imaginable. I have heard the Holy Spirit has been called all out his name. I'm like, that's Tamika. <laughs> Tamika's here. And when, when her reaction to the Holy Spirit is to do a 100-yard dash across the front of the church. Stop acting like the Holy Spirit makes people run track. That's the reaction to him. That's just Tamika's reaction to him. Right? Spirit-led just means on a practical basis, you are open enough that if you hear him say something, you just going to do it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Whatever he tells you to do, you're just going to do it. I remember we, um, uh, this was years ago when actually um, uh, our church uh, is right off Beltline Road here. And if, if you were to come out of this uh, property and go south on Beltline Road, about a mile and a half down um, was, uh, are, are the apartments that I actually used to live in. Uh, when I first moved out here in 1990, I moved out here in 97, I got that apartment in 98. So this place is right off Beltline and uh, Walnut Hill. And uh, it was a, it was a, it was a one-bedroom apartment, but it was a bigger apartment, and I, I didn't. Um, uh, it was it was stretching my budget to move into this one bedroom. I wanted the smaller one; they didn't have it, so I had to get the bigger one. But I was going to be eating like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. Okay, it was going to be tight on my budget. And I went in there, and uh, when I sat down to fill out the paperwork to get this apartment, um, the Holy Spirit said. Uh, ask her about the smaller apartment. And I was like, well, she told me that that apartment's not available. This is why I'm getting the bigger one. And she said, and he said, ask her about the smaller apartment. And I'm like, but she, he, she already printed out all the paperwork on this one, and I don't want to inconvenience her. I wasn't as bold, you know, back then in 97 as I am now, obviously. So he said it again. Ask her about the other apartment. That's how the Holy Spirit be talking to me. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. So I was like, so I, I filled out all the paperwork for this apartment. I was about to give the deposit. Then I was like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I, I hate to be a bother. But are you sure they don't have the, the smaller apartment available? She said, just this morning, 
a guy that was in that apartment found out his friend lived in the same apartment complex. They decided to become roommates. So that one just got, just got cleaned out this morning. Do you want to move in that one this instead? I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, my bad, Lord, I be tripping. Should just listen to you the first time. It's as practical as that. Like he wants to lead you in what seems to be the, your most basic affairs. Like, hey, get off that medication. That's the thing that's causing you all this trouble. And you like, oh! And then you start asking, can I just, is there another medication I might can get on? And maybe you clear up. Maybe you, you sleep better at night. I don't, I don't know. But he wants to be there for the, for the really practical matters as well as the big spiritual one. We, we only want to tout the Holy Spirit when it's like something big and grandiose. God gave me a word. Got a prophetic word for you. There's a healing for you. There's a, there, there's a breakthrough for you. But there's a breakthrough for you to just get home. There's a breakthrough for you to live single and celibate. <laughs> There's a breakthrough for you to be married and faithful. There's a breakthrough for somebody else to, to, to walk in a generational blessing instead of a generational curse. So it's not always all this big stuff. It's the real tangible stuff. So reset to the spirit of God. If you've had any like trauma surrounding the Holy Spirit or you've seen some crazy stuff happen in the name of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, don't get my friend confused with my friend's behavior. I hope you heard me. Don't get my friend, capital F, confused with my friend's, small f's, behavior. They all love them. They just be responding different to them. He's the nicest person you'll ever meet. And he will come into your life and he will stick with you through some of the most crazy times of your life. I really do believe that if we all get this reset to God, the Father, God, the Son and God, the Holy Spirit, that when we come back. in Just a couple of weeks. We're not going to be the same church. We'll be better than we were before. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? I, I hope for somebody, uh, you've been opened up to the possibility of a friendship with the Holy Spirit in a way that you haven't had before. Uh, and if you don't know Jesus, I invite you to come into a relationship with him simply by opening up your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. If you confess that and you believe that, you're saved. Now, you might be saved and maybe, perhaps, because of the denomination you uh, uh, grew up in or, or the theological uh, stance that you held, uh, you, you've been really distant from even appreciating the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. I would invite you to just simply, in your own private time, say, God, if there's more for me to embrace as it relates to the person of the Holy Spirit, I make myself available to have this person fill up my life. God, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. I thank you so much for the reset that has happened in our hearts and in our minds. Now I pray that moving into 2021, we come back ready to upset the world. In the matchless name of Jesus, I pray. 
Amen. I love you guys. Have a great week.